0: Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. We're going to turn once again to the book of Joshua. We started our, our uh, study of the book of Joshua a while back and we got through the first two chapters of Joshua and we come to Joshua chapter 3 and it's a, a pivotal point in the life of the children of Israel uh, just as a reminder it's if it's been a while since you looked at this uh, scripture uh, this is a point in which the Israelites have uh, just had 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and uh, they've been following after Moses all this time and and now right at the end of, uh, right in uh, the time of uh, the book of Joshua we come to a point where uh, Aaron has died uh, the high priest, Moses' brother uh, and his, uh, Aaron's son has become the new high priest and Moses is uh, gone to the top of the mountain God allowed him to see into the promised land and then uh, God uh, took him on from there so the children of Israel spent uh, a good long period of time I believe it was 40 days of mourning for Moses uh, there uh, uh... they still have yet to enter into the promised land. And Joshua has become the new uh, leader. Joshua has been in the story all along. Joshua is getting older. Uh, uh, but it, part of the, the promise of God was is that uh, because of his faithfulness, uh, Joshua and Caleb, uh, while everybody else uh, wandered in the wilderness and, and died off, Joshua and Caleb lived. And uh, Joshua and Caleb are the only ones that left Egypt and are now about to enter into the promised land. Uh, uh, the whole generation that that denied God, denied God's ability to, to take them into the promised land, denied God's uh, ability to, to see them into the promised land, have died off uh, as a result of their lack of belief. And uh, Joshua if you'll recall, was the assistant to Moses. He, uh, from the very beginning, is mentioned uh, here and there, and he has uh, been learning at the hand of Moses, and now he's taking leadership. And they are just on the other side of the Jordan River, and they can see across to the Promised Land where God is, is about to take them. And God is preparing to elevate uh, Joshua, to the point where they, uh, the children of Israel, see him the way the previous generation saw Moses, and uh, that'll come up in this passage of Scripture. And uh, so, if you look with me in Joshua chapter three, you'll see it says, "And and Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan." he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. So uh, let me just kind of summarize what's happening here. And uh, this is... Uh, going to go all the way uh, through the chapter and uh, I believe uh, it goes all the way to chapter 5 And so I'm going to summarize what's happening here because we don't have time to to read through all of it but you've got it there in front of you and I encourage you to read it uh, and read through this uh, what happens is God comes to uh, Joshua and he says I want you to, to prepare the people uh, to enter into the promised land, and he says, uh, "What I want you to do is to have uh, the Levites who are in who are responsible for handling the Ark of the Covenant." Now, this is what has been leading the children of Israel uh, uh, throughout uh, their whole time in the wilderness, and they are following after this Ark of the Covenant. <clears throat> And God says, I want the Levites to prepare to go into uh, the Jordan River. And what he said is, is, now if you remember when, kind of think back in your memory and remember uh, what happened as the children of Israel left Egypt, as they came to the Red Sea, uh, they had a situation in which Moses went out there and he kind of lifted up his hands lifted the staff and as long as he had his hands open the the red sea parted god parted the red sea and the children of israel were able to walk across they weren't to enter into the red sea until it was dry ground Uh, here we have in uh, another uh, miraculous uh, event by God to demonstrate that he is with Joshua and to demonstrate his power to this new generation. We have to remember that none of these people, except for Joshua and Caleb, had, uh, saw the events at the Red Sea. They, they aren't aware of the mighty power of God the same way their parents were. Uh, sure, they saw... Uh, now, again... Let me just back up a little bit and say God's presence was with them the whole time. Uh, God's presence uh, was also demonstrated in the form of the cloud by day and the fire at night. God also demonstrated His presence and His provision by providing water and manna and quail on numerous occasions uh, or, or on a daily basis. God did things To demonstrate his presence but it uh just like it is for christians we get so accustomed to having the presence of god in our life we accept jesus in our heart and life and and it seems as though uh we begin to grow callous to god's working in our life uh we uh the bible tells us that that uh, God's with us at all times. Jesus said to His disciples uh, uh, that wherever they go, that His presence will be with them. We have that same promise uh, from God that, that He goes with us and that the presence of God is in us when we accept Jesus Christ into our life. So why is it that we get astounded whenever God does something amazing and miraculous? Why is it that we fail to, to, to rely on God to do certain things in our life and think that we have to do things on our own. Well, it's just like what happened to the Israelites. They saw God's presence on a daily basis. They saw the fire. They saw the cloud. They saw manna fall from heaven. It got to the point where they they thought it was just a daily occurrence of something that happened. Just like when the sun shines in the sky or rain falls uh, in the afternoon or when the birds sing, those are all indications of the hand of God, God's creative power, God's ability to keep us at a certain distance away from the sun, to allow us to have rain, to allow us all these things, we begin to see all those things as normal, just like the Israelites began to see all the things that God was doing as normal. It's almost as if you could go up to one of these Israelites and say, uh, uh, you know man this is amazing y'all have bread fall from heaven God does this for you and they look at him and say oh, doesn't he do it for you too I mean we think that same kind of thing and just imagine all the things that God does for us that we've gotten so accustomed to that we fail to see it as a miraculous move of God and so the children of Israel and uh, They see all this stuff and Joshua, following the directions of God, has the uh, the Levites going towards the the Jordan River and they have to wade out into the water before God causes the Jordan River to stop. Now, a lot of people, uh, along with the Red Sea, there's some who archaeologists archaeologists and people that try and... uh, Excuse everything that happens in the Bible away as natural occurrences or things like that, Uh, they'll say, no, it wasn't the Red Sea that they went through after they left Egypt. It was the Reed Sea. It was a much smaller thing, and it dried up at times, and so it wasn't any big deal. There are others who say uh, about this, uh, oh, the Jordan River. Uh, The Jordan River at times is so small you can just step right across it. It's more like a creek instead of a river. Uh, the Bible specifically says, though, that this is the time in which the Jordan is flooded, in which it's more uh, the river more, looks more like an, an ocean. It's just a, a huge body of water, and yet God uh, miraculously caused uh, uh, the, the waters to stop. And it says that uh, they built the waters built up like walls on the side, and the Israelites were able to walk across on dry ground and one of the things that God tells uh, Joshua to do and Joshua conveys this to the children of Israel is, is he says to them as you're going across each representative from each tribe is to pick up a large stone and they're to carry it to the other side of the Jordan River. And these are stones that have been covered by the the waters, and because God has stopped the waters, they're able to go out into the dry riverbed and to pick up these large stones. Joshua as well picks up 12 stones. And as he's walking through the, uh, the dry riverbed, as God is allowing them to walk through on dry ground, he makes a monument to God in the middle of where the river is and he piles up these 12 stones and makes a monument to God right there in the middle of the river. Now the 12 stones that uh, each stone, uh, one stone from each tribe that's collected as the tribes go through the the middle of the river, those uh, Joshua tells them that they are to pile up on the other side, on the side uh, closest to the Promised Land, in the Promised Land, and they're to (coughs) make a memorial to God on the other side. God tells them that they're to do this because their children one day will see that memorial and they'll ask, What does this memorial mean? What does this pile of stones mean? And uh, I don't know about y'all, but uh, one of the things that I grew up doing was uh, Boy Scouts. I was a Boy Scout, and we learned all these different things about how to blaze a trail through the woods and how to make uh, directions for people as they came through a wilderness area. One of the things that we uh, learned was about piling rocks. And any time you see a pile of rocks when you go through uh, uh, a forested area, it, it draws your attention because you know those rocks weren't formed there by themselves. And it's a way of indicating a pathway. It also says kind of uh, to the the explorer, hey, this is an important point you need to look here and sometimes you even find messages uh, it's a way of giving messages to others by piling up rocks and this is what God is doing with children of Israel he's telling them look something important is happening here you're seeing the divine hand of God move in your life and you are to make a memorial to God because of what is happening Uh, this speaks to us today we we We've not piled stones, but we've kind of, in a way, done that, uh, if you think about it, in terms of our churches. Uh, We have churches that are dotting the countryside, and we have churches that are all over the world And unfortunately, we've not done what God has told the children of Israel to do. He said, when your children come and ask, what is this uh, monument for? Why do you have this here? He said to the children of Israel, you're to tell your children, teach them what I've done for you. Teach them of my deliverance. Teach them about how I delivered you from the uh, land of the Egyptians. Teach them how... You uh, how God parted the Red Sea and then parted the Jordan River so that you could enter into the promised land and teach them about how God gave that land to you and gave you the ability to take that uh, land for yourself. And uh, so we see in chapter 4, after God tells them all these things to do in chapter 3, uh, and some of the verses to look at is... Uh, uh, verse 11 where the Ark of the Covenant goes in, verse 12 in chapter 3 where uh, Joshua tells them to collect the stones. Uh, chapter 4, you'll see uh, uh, Joshua collecting the stones. Verses 8 and verse 9, he sets up the monument and uh, uh, then uh, the, the waters... Let me, let me just say this also. Uh, it, this whole event was to teach the children of Israel to trust in God. The waters didn't recede when, uh, before they walked through. The waters didn't recede when the Levites walked into the water with the Ark of the Covenant. In fact, uh, Joshua is instructed to tell the children of Israel, hey, when you see the the Levites go into the water, start walking towards the river because God's going to open it up. So it's a time for for God to demonstrate His power over the natural forces of the world and allow them to see that God is, is God more than just of their deliverance, but He's the God of all nature and is able to do all things. And... Uh, it's not until after the, the Levites are in the water that the waters recede and uh, they have dry ground. But they're to walk, uh, he says uh, to them, when you see the Levites go by, get up, get ready, get get going. And when you're talking about a couple of million people following, it takes time just to simply start to go. I mean... With us, if we if somebody told us, "Hey, get out of the church! It's on fire," it wouldn't take long for all of us to get out of here. But if there was uh several thousand people in in this facility it would take quite some time for everybody to get out because there's a lot of people you have to wait your turn same way with these uh uh, over a million men alone then you have all the women and children and and all their livestock and everything uh so you're talking about a whole host millions of people and and livestock it takes time for them all to start going, and so it demonstrated that they had to have faith in God that He was going to open up the river, uh, belief in God that He is is going to do these things. And just imagine, you're sitting there walking out into a dry riverbed. It's easy the first couple of steps. You're thinking, "Oh yeah, it's it's dry. I can walk through here." Then when you get about halfway, you're beginning to wonder. Is it going to stay open the whole time I'm down here or am I going to drown in the middle of this? Is it going to just simply close up? So it's a demonstration of continued faith in God to continue to, uh, to hold you safe no matter what. And then also it, it's a, a, a faith and trust in God for when they get to the other side. Here they are, a whole people, a whole nation that's moving into a new land and this is the land that God has given them and they have to trust in God that that He's going to provide for them and allow them to take this land and uh there were other people that lived there there were others that that called those places homes and they had to they had to rely upon God to give them that land and rely upon God to, to allow them to have that land. So uh, all of these things are demonstrated in this act of faith. And we, too, as as a church, has have to have faith in God that he's going to continue to demonstrate his power and might. You know... Uh, We have to have faith that God is going to do things within our church. We have to have faith and believe that God's going to allow our church to grow and, to, and to prosper if we're faithful and trust Him, if we're obedient to Him. Uh, just like the Israelites had to be obedient to God, had to uh, trust in Him, rely upon Him for God to do these things, uh, we too as a church, have to be obedient to God, have to trust in Him, believe in Him, that He's going to accomplish these things. Uh, You know, if we just simply, like we've been talking all along, run out headlong, we'll run out, and if, you know, you couldn't have the Benjaminites start to head out before the Levites get out there in the middle of of the Jordan River and say, hey, we're going to go out there, we're going to have faith that God's going to do it. They had to obey. They had to do it the way God said to do. And they had to demonstrate that faith, and also they had to uh, uh, do it as according to what God wanted for them in their life. And so uh, we have to, as a church, have to not only have faith and trust in God, be obedient, but we also are called upon to, to share that faith with a next generation. You know, there'll come a day when everybody in this room is either dead or gone to heaven. Dead or, or the Lord's going to come back before all of us are dead. Uh, one or the other. If God tarries, do we want another generation to ha- uh, have Mount Olive Baptist Church? to continue on the work of God? Do we want this church to to continue into the next generation or do we want uh, to be seen as the generation that failed to have faith in God, failed to trust in God, failed to demonstrate our obedience to God and as a result, the church died? Because if, if we don't share this legacy of faith, share the the work of god in our life with the next generation this church will die in the same way the israelites if they didn't share their faith in god their trust in god their obedience to god their desire to follow after god yes they might have children that would go on and 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 have children of their own but they wouldn't be israelites because they would not they would fail they would cease to do the things that god wanted for them and god said that i'll disperse you i'll uh, destroy you as a nation you'll no longer be a nation and it so we sit and we look at all the things that the israelites do oh why is it that they did this why didn't they trust god the question comes back to us why don't we why don't we trust god why don't we depend upon God? Why don't we look to God and say, God, we know you want this church to continue. We know you want uh, others to come to know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, we know that, that you're able to do all things. So we rely on you to help us to teach the next generation. We rely upon you to help us to reach the lost. We rely upon you to 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 go out and, and to... And to Bring in those who are lost and allow us to share our faith with them and allow your, your spirit to work in their lives. We've got to have that same kind of faith. We've built the memorial. We've built the pile of rocks. When you think about it, as church, we're a memorial to all the things that God has done. We need to be faithful and share with the next generation. And the generation after that, why we built this church why we worship him why we believe that god is able to do all these things and that's what god teaches us in this passage of scripture it's a wonderful passage of scripture about uh this memorial of stones about how god it, it instructs the children of israel to build this memorial and to use it as an opportunity to share with others we've got that same opportunity God wants us to do the same in sharing with others. We've just got to be faithful and obedient to do that task. Let's join together for prayer.